You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hope everybody had a great weekend. It is so awesome to be with you here on Listen Up. Grant Napier with you. We've got the NFL preseason in the books with the exception of Atlanta and the Jets tonight. We've got uh, some news with the Carolina Panthers as Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback for week one. Any surprise there? No, I don't think so. You have Tom Brady is back in the Buccaneers camp. I believe that the Buccaneers are going to be one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this year. In other words, I think they're highly overrated. No Gronk. Godwin coming off an ACL. Evans is dealing with a hamstring. The offensive line is already decimated with bad injuries. And, you know, at some point, you know, Tom Brady is not going to be Superman. So to me, I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, here's their saving grace. They play in an absolutely horrible division. Awful. All right. Awful. I mean, Atlanta stinks. They could be the worst team in football. The Panthers aren't going to be very good. The Saints, eh. And then you have the Bucs. That's the only thing that I think may really save the Bucs. But I'm not high at all on the Bucs. I think they're going to have a they're going to have a really difficult uh season. You look at the AFC. I mean, think about all the teams. That if they were playing in the Super Bowl this year, you probably wouldn't bat an eye, right? All right. If you took three of the four teams in the AFC West, if you took Cincinnati, if you took Buffalo, right? I mean, that's five teams right there. I'm not sure that I would put Miami or New England in that category. I can't do that. Baltimore, I would not put in that category. There's no one in the AFC South, to me, that Super Bowl caliber. In the NFC, I mean, I think the NFC is such a poor conference right now. I mean, you have Green Bay. I think Tampa is going to take a big step back. Maybe the Rams. You don't know about Trey Lance and the 49ers. I think the Cardinals are taking a step back. I do not like the way they ended the season last year. Here's what we do know. We got some freaking football to talk about. So thank goodness for that. All right. Tomorrow on my podcast, Mike Breen really had a fabulous conversation. I recorded that interview a few hours ago, and we talked about everything. And by everything, I mean, we talked about baseball. We talked about both of us doing NFL preseason and some of the memories that we had. We talked about Kevin Durant. 
We talked about being nervous before you go on the air. Whole bunch of things that we covered in the podcast, including whether Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy will be back on the bench at some point. Mike and I had a really good conversation, and that is coming your way tomorrow on my podcast. If you don't like that, you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform, or of course, you can go to if you don't like that dot uh, com. So there you have it. We get you started on this Monday. You can hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and at that point, we will get you right on the program. Uh, baseball, I-, I tried to watch it again yesterday for a couple of innings, fell asleep. Thank goodness for the golf. And the second round of the FedEx playoffs, which was very good, Patrick Cantley, you know, having to get a birdie on 17, and then he won by one stroke. So that was uh, I enjoyed that. I watched a lot of golf this weekend. You know, NFL preseason. You know, I'm watching a Giants game last night for a little while, being a Giants fan. And I think I'd rather watch paint peel off the wall than watch preseason football. Like I had to force myself to watch the game. And I'm watching a game and I'm saying to myself, why am I watching this game? Like I'm really actually asking myself, why the hell am I watching the game? And then I answered my own question and said, because there's nothing else on. Game started at 7 o'clock, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch the New York Giants prevent offense with their six-string center, with their stud first-round draft pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, who right now to me looks like he is just an ordinary player. He got hurt last night. He's going to be out three to four weeks. But to me, I've analyzed every snap the guy's taken so far on the field. I haven't seen him make one good play. I'm I'm waiting for him. I'm waiting for Thibodeau to show me that he's going to be a good player. Now, I'm not saying that after watching him play for two and a half quarters, I'm ready to throw the towel in on him. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is I haven't seen anything that would make me excited based on his two preseason games. And now he's going to be out three to four weeks with a sprained MCL. You know, a lot of people talking about whether the play last night was dirty. You know what? It's football. The guy's coming right at you. Okay. The blocker is coming right at you. Defend yourself. All right. It's unfortunate. It's not dirty. What are you going to say? I mean, really, at some point, you have to start playing touch football. But I'm waiting for, you know, this fifth overall pick in the draft to show me that I even understand that he's on the field. You know what? If he were not wearing that stupid jersey number five, okay, I I would have no idea that he was on the field. I would have no idea. Zero. I wouldn't know that he was on the field. I really wouldn't. But because, you know, he is wearing jersey number five, playing as a weak side linebacker, he sticks out like a sore thumb because – Who the hell wears number five as a linebacker? I hate the way the NFL changed the rules on the numerals. I hate that. I do not like that. So that's the only reason I can find him on the field. Because I can't find him on the field because he's doing anything good. So, and, and by the way, when I look at the NFC, okay, before the season even starts, before the season even begins, to me, it's pretty darn apparent who the non-playoff teams are automatically. Seattle is automatically a non-playoff team. 
Okay. The Giants, automatically a non-playoff team. Atlanta, non-playoff team. Chicago, all right, non-playoff team. Detroit, non-playoff team. Carolina, non-playoff team. San Francisco, to me, I'm going to say is a non-playoff team, but I'm going to wait until I see the first couple of games with Trey Lance. Now, the 49ers are on the road week one at Chicago. And I think the Bears are just absolutely horrid. Like, I, I think the Bears may end up, may, with the worst record in football this year. That's how bad I think they are. So if you're San Francisco, think about this. You're at Chicago, bad team. Home Seattle, bad team. At Denver, don't know about them yet. Then you come home and play the Rams. Then you're at Carolina, bad team. At Atlanta, bad team. So think about this. Your first six games, if you're a 49ers fan, I don't know if there's an easier schedule in the National Football League in the first six weeks of the season than the 49ers. Again, Chicago stinks. Seattle stinks. Carolina stinks. Atlanta stinks. That's four winnable games at Denver. Don't know yet. And then the Rams, we know about the Rams. Now, here's where the schedule picks up. The 23rd of October, Kansas City. Following week, at the Rams. By week, Chargers. Then you play the Cardinals. Then the Saints and the Dolphins. You have, and this is crazy, five straight home games. Think about that. Chargers, Cardinals. Saints, Dolphins, Bucks. Then at Seattle, home Washington, at the Raiders, home Arizona. So I think the Niners have a pretty easy schedule. I really do. I don't think Arizona is going to be that good this year. But again, remains to be seen. But here's what I do know. They have a chance to get off to a really good start. But Trey Lance, and I think you're going to see a pretty conservative game plan at Chicago in week one. You know, you're, you're not going to give Trey Lance, in my opinion, too much carte blanche at the quarterback position. I think it's going to be a very conservative game plan at the beginning of the season for Trey Lance. You know, I don't think Kyle Shanahan, he knows he can beat the Bears with his defense and with running the football and some dinks and dunks, okay, to Kittle, guys coming out of the backfield, Samuel, I see that. All right, now, here you go with the Raiders. The Raiders are at the Chargers. How about that for a week one game? I think that's as good as any game on the card in week one. Raiders at the Chargers, your 125 start. Then you have Arizona at home, at Tennessee. No idea how Tennessee is going to be this year. I mean, when you see how poor they were, in that playoff loss at home with Tannehill, you got Derrick Henry, and we know he's all world. Then you have Denver at home, at Kansas City, Houston at home. I mean, they, they got a really easy stretch in the middle of the season. Houston at home, at New Orleans, at Jacksonville, home Indianapolis. 
That's a pretty good schedule right there in terms of winning some football games. Then there, then it gets real difficult at the end. Chargers on the 4th of December, home. Following week at the Rams. Home New England, Sunday night football. At Pittsburgh. Who knows what Pittsburgh's going to be. Niners at home. Kansas City to end the season at home. So that's an interesting schedule. But I think the Niners, their first six games, you know, I don't know if you can have an easier schedule than the 49ers, especially with an unproven quarterback. So I think you can look at the defense and the running game, and as long as the 49ers do not beat themselves, to me, at the absolute worst, and I mean the worst, I mean worst-case scenario, they should do no worse than three and three. That's worst-case scenario. I think they'll do better than that just based on the teams they're playing and the fact that their defense is really good and they can run the ball and everything else. That's worst-case scenario. Now, if they're if they're three and three or worse, then they're done. All right? Let's just call it the way it is. Again, we don't know about Trey Lance. We have no idea what to expect. But those first two games are, you can't ask for an easier schedule. The Seahawks look awful. Awful. And again, at the Bears are going to be terrible. And then, you know, again, your schedule gets difficult for the next two games. You know, at Denver and the Rams. Then two road games against two, in my opinion, bad teams at Carolina and at Atlanta. All right, I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon. Raise your hand, and we would love to get you on the show. All right? You want to talk some NFL football? Or, and I'm doing my rant on this tomorrow, do you want to talk about Dennis freaking Rodman, okay, going over to Russia to try to get Brittany Griner released? Now, here's the question I have. How is it that Dennis Rodman is buddy-buddy with Kim Jong-un of North Korea and Vladimir Putin of Russia. Someone explain that to me, please. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Think about the atrocities that are going on in the war with Ukraine. And again, if you read some of the accounts of the, I mean, it, it, it's sickening. You know, I know war is not supposed to be pleasant, but the, what's going on in that war is sickening. All right. And we know what goes on in North Korea. And you got Dennis Robin, who can pretty much go to North Korea anytime he wants and hang out with Kim Jong-un. Right. Now he just says he's going to be going to Russia. And he's gotten permission to go to Russia and get a visa and go to a place where the United States or the State Department in the U.S. says, absolutely, we are recommending no one go to Russia. But no problem. Dennis Rodman, let's go to, let's go, let's go, let's go to Russia and see if we can get Brittany Griner. Let's not talk about Paul Whelan, right? Let's not talk about the other gentleman that has been there for a year incarcerated because he also was arrested going through the airport with vape cartridges and things of that nature. He also is in prison. No, let's just go talk about Brittany Griner because, oh, why? 
Oh, because she can play basketball. Hey, Dennis, all lives matter. Every single one. And could you imagine, seriously, let's just say one in a million, all right? Because that's what I think. I think the chances of Robin freeing Brittany Griner are about one in a million. But let's just say that he's able to pull that off. Could there be anything more embarrassing for the Biden administration than having Dennis freaking Rodman go over to Russia and get the release of Brittany Griner? Could you just imagine the rhetoric in D.C. and around this country if Dennis freaking Rodman is able to go over to Russia, get permission, get a visa, talk to his buddy, Vladimir Putin, and come home with Brittany Griner. Now, I'll tell you one thing. If I'm a family member of Paul Whelan or the other individual who also has the same plight as Griner, and I apologize for not knowing the individual's name, I'm pretty pissed right now. It seems like, you know, it's Brittany Griner this, Brittany Griner that. Why? The individual that, you know, talked about how oppressed the United States is, wouldn't come out of the locker room for the national anthem, said she's not going to stand for the anthem, blah, blah, blah. Now she goes over to Russia, gets arrested with illegal narcotics going through customs, allegedly, because we really have no idea what the hell is going on in Russia. Okay. And everyone is talking, you know, as if she's some God or something. You know what? She's a person. She's an American. That's what she is. And I believe that the penalty for what she was arrested for is way too harsh. But I don't live in Russia. I live in the United States. But what I do know, and I've talked about this on numerous occasions, if you're traveling abroad and you don't spend at least a couple of minutes to read up about where you're going and what the laws are and what you can and cannot do, then you're making a grave mistake. Okay, because once you get on an airplane and leave, once that plane pulls away from the gate, you don't even have to have the engines on. Okay, once that plane that you're on in the United States backs up from the gate, you now, okay, are really not in the United States. If that plane needs to come back to the gate and people need to get off, you have to go through customs. Okay, once that plane moves an inch, you are now in a completely different world. And when you land in a foreign country, it really doesn't matter whether you take marijuana or not. It doesn't really matter whether it's medicinal marijuana, nothing that doesn't matter. Makes no difference. Okay, doesn't matter at all. So keep that in mind the next time you travel abroad. But again, if you're Dennis Rodman, can you freaking imagine if he were able to go over there and get the release of Griner? And let's say that he's able to do that. And you're a family member of Paul Whelan or the other American arrested for doing pretty much the same thing as Griner. I mean, what else are you going to say to that? Unbelievable. All right, let's get to Jerry. 
right here on Listen Up. Hey, Jerry, how are you today? Good, Grant. Great, uh, great opening. Hey, let me ask you something. Thank uh, you. Do you think uh, Rodman would be going if Brittany was white? I have no idea. I'm not going to speak for Dennis Rodman. Um, what I do know is she's been getting a lot of attention, and um, there are those that actually feel that she's being detained because she's black as opposed to white, but that's not true because of the other individual uh, is Caucasian that is also right. uh, in prison for 11 years. He served one of his 11-year sentence for similarly the same thing as Brittany Griner. Right. And Grant, uh, do we know for sure that he's just going there for Brittany or maybe the other uh, couple gentlemen? I don't know, but I would think that, uh, you know, uh, our government, okay, which is stuck in the mud on this, you know, they obviously can't do anything. So how embarrassing is it for them that you can get Dennis Rodman, who gets permission to go to Russia, okay, and apparently is buddy-buddy with Vladimir Putin, and is going to even have a conversation, even have dialogue about the release of Griner. I mean, that, that's just, welcome to society in 2022, seriously. Grant, that would, yeah, that's going to be, uh, if he is able to pull it off, yeah, that's going to be very, very embarrassing. Um, Grant, one more thing here. Um uh, when it comes almost time for the regular season, are you going to have your picks like you used to? Yes, I am. Okay. Yep, we're working right. on that right now. And we're actually, we're going to allow you and the listeners to also pick against me. And at the end of the year, we're going to have a prize for the winners. I, if I win, I don't get a prize. But you, as a listener, uh, whoever does the best in the picks will receive. Uh, as of right now, we're working on uh, gift cards and things of that nature, totaling several hundred dollars. So, yeah, we're going to have fun with mm -hmm. that every week leading up to week one of the NFL season. Okay, Grant. And then one more thing um, before I let you go. Uh, any update about the text line? Not yet. I'm working on it. So I know you ask me that every week, and I can tell you I'm working on it. I know. I'm working <laughs> on it. All right, Grant. Thanks, Grant. Have a good one, Jerry. Thank you. All right, you too. Okay, All right, take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Let's get to uh, Eli. He'll join us right here on. Whoop. Let me get Eli back in. There you go, Eli. How are hey, you today? Hey, Grant. Good. I'm good. How are you? Good, buddy. Hey, so this whole Rodman situation, I find it really interesting. And I, I agree with you in part, but on on another hand, I kind of want to be a contrarian a little bit. But first, regarding that North Korea trip that Rodman went on, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Doug Christie also go on that trip? What did he share with he you did. on that? Because that seems really interesting to me. He told me that when they landed, the first thing that they did, they were put in a uh, aircraft hangar. And the first thing they had to do was hand over the passports. He told me that. 
Mm-hmm. And he uh, he said at that point, it was kind of like an, uh-oh, oh, wow, what are, what are we doing? Uh, but they all had to hand their passports to the North Korean officials and did not get their passports back until they left, which meant, I mean, I don't have to just spill that out for you. He also uh, talked about the protocol when Kim Jong-un was introduced to the crowd and how you had to be standing a certain way with absolutely no talking, no smiling, no anything. Like he was saying that it was extremely regimented. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy over there. But did he overall think that that trip was successful in the sense that maybe it um, soothed, smoothed over tensions a little bit with North no, Korea? No, no, I believe he told me, and again, I may be wrong, so don't hold me to this. I believe he told me he regretted going and would never do it again. Okay, that's interesting because I read an article um, as you were doing your show today about how um, there there was an analysis done that maybe it did smooth over tensions or maybe it potentially led to, you know, the meetings that Trump had with him or something. So I don't know. I was just thinking. Well, I, I do. I do agree with that. I believe that Robin uh, at during that trip took whatever. They became friends with Kim Jong-un and Robin has been to North Korea several times after that, including we know about what happened with Trump and Kim Jong-un and Robin and Trump know each other very well from The Apprentice. And from what I understand, they're very tight and they have a very good friendship. So yes, I do believe that that happened. And then when Trump and Kim Jong-un met in Singapore two years ago, if you remember, Dennis Rodman was there as well in Singapore. So there is is a lot of truth to that. I believe that uh, Rodman was the uh, hand extending to Trump to be able to go over to meet with Kim Jong-un. I do agree with that, yes. Yeah, so that's where I just was kind of being a contrarian a little bit is because, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think Rodman is definitely a clown, and I think Trump is also for that matter, but that's neither here nor there. But the reason I bring that up is because if it did even have a marginal effect on smoothing things over or kind of improving relations slightly, you know, if he does go to Russia, and even if he's not successful, I'm kind of thinking like, well, what's the harm even if he tries and even if he doesn't get results? Maybe maybe he smooths things over a little bit and maybe that makes things a little bit better. I just don't really see much of a downside is the way I look at it. Yeah, I, I don't see a downside either. I personally, without being a political expert and without being an expert on international affairs, you know, now that North Korea has nukes, which apparently they do, no one's going to mess with North Korea because mm-hmm. they have sick people that are running their country. I think we know that. I don't think I'm making an outrageous statement. I think we know that's been documented. And if you just spend even 15 minutes or 20 minutes looking at the atrocities that go on with the people in North Korea and what they are, you know, how they live and law. No, Grant, I think I lost you. I think that, you know, the, their their threat of nuclear weapons to me is a lot different than many other places in the world. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Well, I, I hope that at least uh, Rodman's able to do a little something. And if, even if he gets Griner out and not the rest, I think that would still be a win. So not that I have confidence in him, but I just we'll see what happens. I don't think there's much downside. Like- I think it would be an atrocity if he goes over there. And the only one that comes home is Brittany Griner. I think that would be a really bad look for the United States. 
I think it would be a really bad look for Dennis Rodman. I know many would, uh, you know, put him up on a pedestal as a hero, but all lives matter. And there's another American. Now there's two over there. Paul Whelan's been over there for four years incarcerated, I believe. Then there's an individual that was arrested last year with vape cartridges with, uh, again, I believe hashish and marijuana in there that was also arrested and was sentenced to 11 years of hard labor. And, you know, we just can't forget if we're, if we're going to say that Brittany Griner being arrested for carrying illegal narcotics across the border, however slight or however you feel about what she was carrying in Russia, that's a no, no and against the law. So why is it OK mm-hmm. to free somebody just because they play basketball, but not the other two Americans? That's wrong. It's wrong, in my opinion. It's wrong. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there, but I think if you can bring back one rather than zero, that's still a good thing, in my opinion. It's not to take away from the others. I'd bring them all back if I could. But well, we'll, see, we'll, 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 we'll also see when Brittany Griner comes back if she stands for the national anthem. See if she has a different perspective yeah, well, on America after she's gone through that horrific ordeal that she's uh, living each and every day. And I've said this. I do not have sympathy for Brittany Griner being arrested for carrying an illegal substance across the border. But with that said, I believe that the punishment, even though I'm sitting here in the United States, does not fit the crime. And I do feel bad for her because I think that's an atrocity. And I do think that as an American, this country should do everything to try to get her and the others back. I don't wish her to spend another day over there. I don't think she deserves that. I think it's wrong. And I would love to see her and the others mm-hmm. get on a plane and be able to come back to the United States. So I want to be very clear on that. Yeah, agreed on that, Grant. Hey, before I let you go, do you have any more details on your uh, on your Monday night football event? Not yet, but we're working on it. And maybe by the end of this week, we have uh, two individuals, Ryan being one of them, and we are exchanging emails and talking. But as of right now, uh, we are on for September 12th. And I will announce the, I do, I already know the location, but I'm going to hold off on it just for a few more days. But we already got the location and I'm looking forward to it. And we will make sure that everyone has the ability to go and donate to the charity and everything else. So we're, we're working on the final touches. Okay. I assume you'll let us know on what we need to do if we need RSVP. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. All right, Grant, I'll be there. Looking forward to it. Eli, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, some other phone calls right here on Listen Up, and we are going to uh, check in with uh, Waggus. Waggus, I hope you had a good weekend. Thanks for calling the show. You had a great weekend, by the way. That was a a great open. That was probably one of your better. Thank you. So, uh, you know, I'm not a political guy, but uh, I'll say this. I think there's a 1.5 in a million chance. So I'll go a 0.5 higher here of him bringing her, her home. But, you know, I don't know why I would just love for him to go there and bring all of them home. Uh, <laughs> I would, too. I would, too. I think it would be I it would be I would love it, too. I would love to see Dennis Rodman be able to get on a plane. Now, you and I both know, OK, that the that Putin's not releasing anyone without getting someone or some people back in return you and i both know that that's not happening right right no i agree i agree but 
what if he goes there and and you know I guess talks to him and and starts uh, you know opening up the channel of communication a lot better. Uh, do you think Rodman will get some credit at the end if they are eventually released after his visit? Yeah, one hundred percent, absolutely. He'll get all the credit. I mean, our government hasn't been able to do squat. He'll get. Well, it's true. Let's just call it the way it is. He, he'll, what? I mean, do you disagree? No, no, no. I don't disagree, but I'm just laughing. I can't oh. believe Dennis Rodman is going to go to Russia. I know. I know. It's really, I mean, I mean, think about this. Now, now, I just want you to understand this. He can go to North Korea pretty much whenever he wants, and they will roll up the red carpet for him, right? Okay. Yes. He has permission to go to Russia. And apparently, from what I understand, it's been granted. He'll get a visa, even though the United States, uh, the, the U.S. State Department says, under no circumstances do we advise anyone to go to Russia, okay? He's going to be able to go over to Russia, a country that is involved in a war with Ukraine, Okay. A, a a a country of the United States and Russia right now that let's just face it are like two rams battering each other out in the in the desert right and Dennis Robbins just gonna I'm gonna go hang out in Russia I'm gonna go see Vlad and we're gonna talk and I'm gonna see if I can get Brittany Griner to come back I mean they'll just just try to comprehend that for a minute I can already see if he's able to come back I can already see on Twitter hashtag 2024 Rodman I can already see. <laughs> hey, and you know what? You know what's scary? He probably would win. He probably can you imagine Dennis Rodman in the White House? No, really. And I, I'll tell you, this country is so screwed up. I could actually see that happening. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was actually fun, but we'll see what happens. So I just want to shift gears. I could see Dennis Rodman being president and walking up the steps of Air Force One, you know, with his nose rings and his earrings and his with his clothes that he's wearing. And I and I've been blessed. I've been on Air Force One. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most spectacular. Ex- oh, yeah. Have been? Uh, about five years ago. OK, uh, my wife, myself and one of my sons had a chance to go on Air Force One. It was at the Moppet Air Force Base in San Jose. This was when Obama was in the last year of his presidency, and he was speaking at Stanford at Palo Alto. And the Air Force One was parked at Moffat Air Force Base in San Jose. So one of my best friends is very close with the head purser of Air Force One. So we knew that the Air Force One would be in California barring a unforeseen incident. And about two months ahead of time, we had to hand in our social security numbers or IDs and everything else to do a thorough background check. Then on that day, we went to the Air Force Base and we were dressed up. They prefer you to be dressed up when you go on the plane. And we went through two security points. And then we walked onto the tarmac and there was a SUV with two secret service men and we had to empty out our pockets and leave our cell phones in the SUV outside of the plane. We were allowed to take pictures on the steps of air force one, which we all did. We were allowed to take pictures alongside the plane. We all did that, but we weren't allowed obviously on the plane. So this is pretty fascinating. We get on the plane And we walk up the steps, not the steps that you see the president walk up, but there's another there's another entrance to Air Force One that's about halfway up the fuselage. And then you walk up the steps of that and you're you're in the main level. So we start in the back of the airplane where the press corps sits 
And uh, Terry, who's the head purser, is explaining to us about the protocol when you're on Air Force One as press corps. Then we move forward. And by the way, here's something else that was very interesting. We were on the plane 90 minutes before Obama was coming back from Stanford. So the plane was completely staffed with all personnel, Secret Service, and the pilots. So we then go, Terry goes, look at the carpet. And we go, okay. The carpet changed. He goes, to go from this part of the plane to this part of the plane, you need to have more clearance. And I'm like, so then we stay in that part of the plane. Then we go to the next part of the plane. It was fascinating. There were two tables with basically a total of eight chairs, lazy boy chairs facing each other, okay? And he said, this is a fascinating part of the airplane. He said, they took this table out right here, okay? When President Reagan was flown from lying in state out to California, he had never been on this Air Force One because when he was president, they flew on a 707. And after his presidency is when the 747s came in. He said, they laid his casket right here. And the Secret Service would not allow President Bush to walk to that part of the airplane because they did not want him to see where he would be someday. So I'm gonna fast forward to a couple of years ago when George Herbert Walker Bush died and I'm at the gym watching his funeral procession and everything else. And I watched them load his casket onto Air Force One right where I was standing and I got chills. So then after that, we then go to, to uh, the conference room on Air Force One. And the conference room is pretty much what you would think. It's a long table with chairs. But then here's another interesting note. On 9-11, when George Bush was notified about the attacks and was rushed yes. as he was talking to the students to Air Force One, back then on 2001, Air Force One did not have the technical capability to address the nation. Now, when you go on Air Force One, above where the president would sit, at the head of the conference table, there's now the presidential seal above that. And above that, it says on air, meaning that if you're on air, if you're addressing the country from Air Force One, it will illuminate on air. So now he can, any president, the president now can talk to the country in an emergency from Air Force One. Then we move forward towards the nose of the aircraft. And before you get to the presidential quarters, there is the Oval Office in the sky. And we walk into the Oval Office and the steward is in there. President Obama's jacket, his Air Force jacket is on the back of the chair at the desk in the Oval Office in the air. So we hung out in there for a little bit. Then we went into the medical suite and they informed us as we're standing in the medical suite that there's enough blood from the president to give him a complete transfusion they can do surgery on the plane and everything else. Then we walk to the nose of the aircraft where the presidential sleeping quarters is. The only part of the plane that we were not allowed to go on during the bottom portion of the 747 was the presidential bathroom, shower, and everything. We were not allowed in there, but we were allowed 
in the area where the president sleeps. So now here is the most amazing part. We then walk up the steps to the top of the 747. And at the top of the 747, there are four Air Force personnel, two on each side with nothing but computer screens and monitors. And then you walk to the right and there is a table for the pilots to sit at. And the pilots were sitting there waiting for Obama to come back onto the plane. So Terry goes, come here. So it's me, my wife, and my son, and her son. And Terry goes, be careful when you come in here because you don't want to hit your head on the controls on the cockpit. We are in the cockpit, standing in the cockpit of Air Force One, and Terry goes, hey, if you want to sit in the captain's chair, you can. So my son sits in the captain's chair of Air Force One, then my wife's son, then my wife, and then I sit in the captain's chair of Air Force One. And I'm sitting in the cockpit of Air Force One in the captain's chair, and I'm just thinking to myself, this is one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had in my life. So then after that, the captain of the plane of Air Force One is there, and we start talking to him, and they, he starts asking us questions. And Terry goes, yeah, this is the uh, captain that flew Bush on the secret mission into Iraq on Thanksgiving. And I'm like, and, and so we asked him a couple of questions and he was telling us about flying covert and how, you know, they had to land with no lights on the plane and everything about that. And it gave me chills thinking about that. So think about that. We were, we, that was the most amazing tour. And then before we got off, they gave us a card with the presidential seal that said Grant Napier on board, Air Force One with the date. They gave me a sleeve of Pro V1 golf balls with the presidential logo. They gave us the snacks that they hand out right. to the uh, passengers on the plane, the press corps and everything, which are like presidential. They, they come in. Everything comes in a presidential seal pack, M&Ms, pretzels, whatever the case may be. And I still have those to the day. I still have all the things that were given to me, including the Air Force One golf balls. But I will tell you, oh, and they also gave us a coin a uh, memento, a presidential Air Force One coin, which is just cooler than all heck. So how's that for a story? I can't believe you remembered every single fucking freaking detail. You know why? <laughs> I, I was trying to imitate you, who remembers everything about every show I've done in my entire life. So I was trying to impress you with my memory the way you impressed me. How's that sound? That sounds good, but I got one for you, all right? And okay. Because, you know, again, I'm not, a, I'm not a political guy, so, you know, but I never thought Trump was going to win in 2016. And I remember you were doing the Kings game because you shared this story the following game. You said that when Trump had won, your wife had texted you, and she said Trump became president. Now the Kings can win a championship. And you started laughing, and you started showing that to Jerry. Is that true? <laughs> Yeah, I did. I think I did say that. Yes. Yes, I believe that. That I said, hey, you know, if Trump can be elected president, then why yeah. can't the Kings win a championship? That, I, I believe I said it like that. Yes. But but you didn't say it on air, right? No, I, I don't think you said it on air. No, I don't. No, I didn't say it on air. I said it to Jerry off air. Yes. So, yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, yeah. Uh, but again, Rodman, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see it, you know, because that would make a nice high headline for that. <laughs> so, OK, so I just want to yep. shift gear here. 
on your open, I agreed with all the teams, but where you lost me was you said the Buccaneers are going to take a step back. Why? I think so. They have major injuries on their offensive line. They don't have Gronkowski at tight end. Godwin is coming off an ACL, and Mike Evans has been dealing with hamstring issues. But I think Brady not being mobile with the issues they have on their offensive line is going to be a real problem for the Buccaneers. Defensively, I think they're good, but offensively, that line and a quarterback that's not mobile, I think is going to be a real issue for for uh, Tampa Bay. And this Brady mysterious disappearance, is this part of nothing or could it be something part of big? Because I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, he's back today. He practiced today, so I don't think it's a big deal. He's back. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good good hearing from you. All right. Thank you very much. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls, and we check in with Ryan right here on Listen Up. Hey, Ryan, how are you today? Doing great. How about yourself, Grant? I'm good. Thank you. Hey, got a business idea for you, and it doesn't involve shaving your head. Hire Waggis to okay. write your autobiography. You won't even have to talk to him. You're, <laughs> you're right. I, I will not even have to talk to him. That's right. And I wouldn't even have to proofread it because I know everything would be 100% accurate. It's unreal. Um, you're, you're, real quickly, your 9-11 story triggered something, or not 9-11, but Air Force One story triggered something with me. My dad, and I'm not sure if it's the same pilot that you met, actually was co-pilots with the pilot on 9-11 on Air Force One. He was not on Air Force wow. One. Let me put that put it that way with my dad. He was not. It was for a separate company, but they flew together for a while. And you can hear my mom, who's helping me right now with business stuff in the background, correcting me. So, um, but yeah, he uh, got to fly with him for a while and the stories that he told were absolutely amazing about 9-11. And uh, I can only imagine that experience. You explained it so well. I did not ask this particular captain. He was getting ready to retire uh, when Obama left office. He was also retiring. He had done, I want to say, I believe he said three tours with the presidency. So I don't believe he was uh, in the cockpit of 9-11, but I, I'm only guessing, but I don't believe so. Uh, and you know what? I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but what's fascinating to me is there are two 747s and it's only called Air Force One when the president is on there. If the president's not on, yeah. it's not called Air Force One, but for sake of conversation, there are two Air Force One 747s that are at Andrews Air Force Base. And in the hangars, they are identical planes. Everything about them is identical. And when the president flies out, the other plane also flies out that's completely staffed, stocked with food, everything else, but flies to a different airport, okay, close by. So that if there is an emergency and they can't get to the plane that they flew in on, there's another Air 747 close by where they can have a better chance of departing. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I, I guess I got to ask you this question. You're such a big sports guy. How did you get so into aviation? Because where I lived on Long Island, I lived about 25 miles from Kennedy Airport. But, you know, out where you, you know, I, I lived in a trees, grass, you know, everything. But all of the planes that landed right. at Kennedy from overseas would the approach went right over my neighborhood and we would always be out playing stickball or football or what have you and the planes used to fly over and i used to be fascinated sometimes they were so low 
that you could read, you know, the, the actual insignia on the side of the plane. TWA, Pan Am back then were huge airlines, particularly Pan Am. Pan Am really flew the most 747s. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated by the 747. And I don't know what it was about the 747, but I was fascinated by that aircraft. And I always used to fantasize. I would never, I'm not kidding you. I took my, 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 my aunt worked in Tokyo for Newsweek magazine. And I remember taking her to Kennedy airport with my parents one day as she was flying back. And back then there was no security. You could walk right up to the gate. And I remember standing there and I know you're going to, now I'm going to really sound like Waggis. Okay. She was on, she was on (laughs) United airlines flight five. Okay. From JFK to LAX. All right. And I watched her get on that plane and I was so jealous. I wanted to be on that plane so bad. And I used to fantasize about being able to take off from Kennedy airport and land at LAX. I used to, whenever I used to see planes come by, I used to think about that all the time. Little did I know that later in life, I would have done it probably a thousand times. Right. But the, the, (laughs) the, the, I used to be infatuated with flying. And then when the Concorde started flying, if you were sitting inside, you could hear the Concorde coming over because their engines had a different pitch. And so I knew right away that it was the Concorde. And I used to run out in my front yard and to see the Concorde in person fly over was absolutely unfreaking believable. It was just, it, it was fascinating to me. That's so cool. Why why don't you get your pilot's license? I've tried. I actually thought about it a couple of times. And then I know you're going to think this is crazy, but I've been invited into the cockpit of a lot of planes. And I used to just get off on that where I didn't have to fly. And then when the uh, when I started doing the Kings, after they stopped flying commercial and got their first airplane, Greg Lukenbill with the Bach 111, I used to sit in the cockpit about 50% of the time. And then when Luke bought his 737, I used to sit in the cockpit of that plane uh, quite often. And then I told you when I did the Sabercats, they had a beautiful 727 with super engines. You know, John Fry uh, replaced the engines on the 727 with the best engines you could put on a 727 so that the plane could fly coast to coast without having to stop and refuel. And that plane inside was, to this day, probably the nicest plane I've ever been on. And when we used to uh, fly back, they used to the, the plane is uh, at the aircraft is at McClellan Air Force Base. They, that's where they parked the airplane and the hangar at McClellan. So what I used to do, I used to fly back with the team. We'd land in San Jose and it would take about an hour take everything off the plane, get some more fuel on the plane, you know, all. And then we would fly into Sacramento and I would always hop into the cockpit of the 727. And to this day, you want to know what the most fascinating thing about being in the cockpit is that you can't hear the engines What's that? because the engines are so far behind you when you're up in the cockpit because the engines are on the back of the plane. And I'll never forget when we were taking off from San Jose for the first time and they put full throttle and I could, it was the most quiet, incredible, like it was almost like the engines weren't on. I'll never forget that. It was so quiet up there in the cockpit of that plane when we took off that's awesome hey hey waggis are you taking mental oh i guarantee you waggis is taking mental notes guarantee it 
<laughs> no, that's great, Grant. Yeah, I, I was blessed growing up with my dad being a pilot. I was able to, he, he would take us up sometimes in some of the smaller planes. And once we got in the air, he would give us the controls. So, um, you know, he was still the main pilot, but we'd get to fly a little bit, which was really cool. Um, but technically, if you've been in the cockpit, you have hours. So you might as well put it towards it if you get your pilot's license. There you go. So, hey, uh, you I got to take something up with you. Can can you quit trashing my Seahawks? I'm sorry. I've got them for three wins this year. Is that too many? Uh, it, it could be, but, you know, I know you're not a betting guy. You want to do a little bet about who wins more games between the Giants and the Seahawks? Yeah, I would say the Seahawks will. I don't think the Giants are going to win very many games at all. I think the Giants are going to be lucky to win five games, and that's lucky. I don't see it. So, Well, if they win five games, that's more than the Seahawks. I mean, that's and, true. And one thing is, you know, you heard the reports. Drew Locke is not doing well with COVID. I mean, he's not like dying or anything, but he's having a tough ride with it. Right. Um, hey, uh, last thing. What do you think about the uh, Durant to Memphis talk? That that would be the best roster in the NBA, yeah, I, in my opinion. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, that's going to be very interesting because here we are now. We're coming up on the end of August and Durant is still a member of the Nets. But again, I don't know about what Brooklyn would get back in return. I mean, those are just rumors. But if you put Durant out there with Morant and you have Jackson, who's not going to be back until January because of a knee, but that's a pretty impressive roster, assuming that Durant is healthy. Agreed. And look at the bench players that they have, too. Yes. I mean, it, it would be it, it reminds me and this is a stretch. Uh, I'm going to do a hot take. It kind of reminds me of the builds of like a Sacramento Kings team to a degree because they have that second team that can come off the bench really strong. And that was so important to the Kings in 2002 and yep. their quote unquote glory years. So uh, we will see. It'll be interesting. Uh, last question. Are you going to have to get a new ID when we shave our heads? Uh, I may have to. I may have to get a new ID. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. That's correct. Who's going first? Are we doing it simultaneously we or are you going first? Or... Yeah. Oh, okay. Same right. time. Okay. Because you know what? The reason why I'm asking, if you went first, I'd probably run out of the restaurant. I'd chicken out. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> well, if you're telling me that, maybe I won't show up. Um, well, if you don't show up, I got some real issues. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that doesn't happen. No, I'll be there. In fact, I think the whole fam's going to be there. I'm going to try to get my brother out from Boise to come. Uh, it's a huge Kings fan, awesome. too. So it'll be a good time. Everybody come out again. Uh, any questions you have at this point, Ryan and – or excuse me, Grant and Ryan Bald at gmail.com. I would have been fine if you put Ryan and Grant, but I don't want to confuse everybody, but I would have been okay. You know, that's, but I got you. You're the headliner. People want to see you bald more than they want to see me bald. Uh, you know, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Looking forward to it, brother. Have a great rest of the day. Yeah. And by the way, real quickly, I know that you yeah. have been working behind the scenes with Jay and we've been communicating via email. We had a call over the weekend. I want to let everyone know that's listening. They will get all the information that they need. I would say probably by week's end. Would you say that's accurate? Okay. Yeah, great. I think that's accurate. all right. Have a good rest of the day. All right, brother. Take it easy. All right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stuff right there. It's been a good show today on this Monday. And uh, why don't we get north of the border? We go to Calgary, Alberta, and... Bella. Hi, Bella. How are you? Hi, Mr. Napier. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Um, I just, I couldn't chime in on Friday, but you were talking about the Flames and all their off-season moves and acquisitions, and I just got super excited, so thank you for, you know, giving them some, I think it's like 45 days away till hockey, but I'm, I don't know, but I have a yeah. quick question. So, I have, and I've heard yes. you say that you're not interested so I'm expecting a quick no, but I have one spot left in my NFL fantasy football league. Are you interested? <laughs> no. <laughs> what about hockey? Hockey dra- Actually, I just prefer hockey with strangers because you know, I get way too competitive and bitchy. Um, I, I might do hockey. Uh, I, I have something. Uh, let me think about that. How's that for you? Sure. We got lots of time. Yeah. And then, but lastly, I'm going to tell you something. What? I believe. I believe. The Calgary Flames are as good as any team in the West right now. On paper, when I look at their roster, I think they've had the best offseason. And I think signing Huberto, I think they overpaid him. But you and I both know you have to overpay to have players sign long-term for a Canadian team. We get that. I think picking up uh, Kadri, a seven-year deal, I think he is. And again, I understand a lot of people don't like the way he plays. I think every team in the NHL would love to have him. I think that the mm-hmm. Flames have helped themselves out big time. And I also like the defenseman. I forget his name that they got in that trade with Florida. Yeah. Weger. yeah. And I'm McKenzie telling you, I think Weger. he's real. I'm shocked mm-hmm. that Florida let him go. I really like, I'll tell you though, I don't know what I the know. tickets are going to cost. I'm looking at all the money that the front office or the, the ownership spending on the players. I mean, their payroll is off the charts. Yeah. And we need a new yes. building. So. But um, I forgot what I was going to say about Kadri. Who would you rather have, Matthew Kachuk or Nazim Kadri on your team? I would oh, have Kachuk because I'm not a fan of Kadri. I just don't like his little – he did a, a throat slash against – yeah, I don't I, I just don't like him. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. I just – Well, I think they're both, they're both really, really good players. They're both really good players. Yeah. And I think, again, I look at the Flames and what they've done. And if you're – I know you are, but I'm any, anyone else in Alberta – that is on that side of the country and not an Oilers fan. If you're a Flames fan, you got to be just all. And I'll tell you, you know, we talk about what happened in the playoffs last year. I don't mean to like disappoint you, but that rivalry now with how good Edmonton is and how good Calgary is going to be, I think that may, that's going to turn into a rivalry that people in this country are going to take notice. All right. Yeah. I really believe that. I believe that is now going to be something that the you. hockey fans in the U.S. go, I need to watch. Because listen, Say what you want. Connor McDavid is an electrifying, incredible player that, to me, 
When I watch hockey, if I see that Edmonton is on TV, I'm going to watch Edmonton because I want to see Connor McDavid. Yeah. And that's the only thing that excites me is Cowdery versus Evander King. Oh. I just hope he smacks yeah. them. I just can't wait. That's that's exciting. I'll let you go. I know you have oh, boy. There's a lot more people in today. Thank you. Right? Yeah, see? it's been a good show, and I appreciate you chiming in. I uh, hope you have a great week. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, great. Great having uh, Bella on from calgary we're going all over north america we're not just sacramento and the united states oh no 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 we're we're canada too let's get to al hello al how are you and if uh, i wanted to hear your comparison you've been on two iconic aircraft air force one which is a phenomenal story by the way i was just oh my god and airball one so <laughs> yeah. you give me your a uh, quick summary of the two experiences, like does the carpet change color on Airball One? Uh, uh, yes, it did from uh, all of the players spilling uh, stuff on it uh, during the <laughs> starts. So yeah, it, it did absolutely. Oh my gosh! Oh man, that was a that was some plane. Okay. You know what? It had a cable that went from the top of the nose of the fuselage to the tail, and that's how the pilot would change the rudder that cable and used to pray to God that that cable would not snap at any point during the flight. Cause if so you're, you're done. But um, that's how old the airplane was. It actually had a steel cable that went from the top of the nose of the aircraft to the tail. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What? You, can, you know what? Yeah. Man. You can Google it. If you Google, okay. it's called a Bach 111. And if you Google a Bach 111 and zoom in and look at the fuselage of those planes that it had a cable uh, from the top of the plane to the tail, and that's how they moved the rudder. Oh my God, Grant! You know, I guess I would. I guess that Air Air Force One probably, as far as mechanics and and the ability, probably gets a slight edge. A over slight the edge, yeah. You know what? I gotta I gotta hand it to you. I would I would probably give all the check marks uh, to that Air Force One. Yeah, I probably would. Yep, probably would. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I'm with you on the handicapping on the football, man. You know, I'm a ranch fan. I think my team's definitely, you know, in the conversation. They got a tough schedule, and they're wearing a bullseye. And, you know, they lost their number one pick. Oh, the kid, the, the lineman they got out of Wisconsin, he was yep. Uh, yep. So, ACL, MCL, terrible. Yep. Bad. Yep, very bad. Hey, so, so I like your handicapping. I, I totally agree with your handicapping. The strength is in the AFC. You got at least about half a dozen teams in the AFC. You got, and I think the Niners with that schedule, you just ran up, ran it down. Oh my God, I I could see them. Uh, you know, if Lance, even if Lance is mediocre, because you know Shanahan with his uh, win with defense and and uh, and running and mixing it up with the occasional yep. pass, I could see them uh, coming out of the gate and surprising some teams. So that's just my take. I, I loved hearing about Air Force One. That's a great Thank story. You. I hadn't heard that. I didn't know you were at the air, airport, uh, airline. Uh, um, Got to get Jerry up on a few more uh, flights because, you know, he needs his uh, frequent flyer miles. And Jerry? Jerry? Yeah. Jerry Jerry hates flying. I know. Yeah. He's been on one plane to Reno, I think. I remember on a previous <laughs> call. So I was thinking you, if all people could maybe, you know. Do yep. a podcast, get on that longest flight in the world, and Jerry could yep. quadruple his uh, flying miles in one in one flight. Could do it, buddy. Hey, listen, it's good hearing from you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? 
All right, my friend. Take care. All right, you too. Been a great show today. A lot of stories. And that's what I love about this show. I never know what direction we're going in. Never know, right? Never know. I do know this, though. We have another caller, and uh, it is John here on Listen App. What's going on, John? Holy shit, Grant. I used to fly my dad's little Cessna 152 around and oh, stuff. I like Good it. Stories that you got, though. You make me feel like a hobo, man. <laughs> a hobo. I like that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you've seen my beard. Hey, I got more beard under more hair under my chin than you and Ryan both got under your hat. Yes. That's funny. You know. Um, Hey, man, I think I'm going to be freaking out of town on the 12th. I'm trying to change some plans I have. But if I'm out of town, I need you to open that lineup because I will be calling if I'm out of town. If I'm in town, okay, I'll buddy. be there. All right. No problem. Uh, everything I'll, like that. I'll make sure that we uh, take care of you one way or the other. You said you, yeah, you said you would. I know you guys will. And uh, um, gosh, another thing I was wanting to say something about Dennis Rodman being president i don't know if that's gonna work out buddy no i don't think it's gonna work out we were we were just you know we were having a little fun john i'm with you i don't think we're gonna see that i i I think that you know there are a lot of possibilities for this country dennis rodman being president i probably would not list as one of them i wouldn't either but you know when you sit back for a second and think about it maybe that might work well i know one thing i know one thing he'd get a hell of a lot of votes that's how crazy this country is i guarantee you he would get he would, he would get a couple million votes. One other thing about him? Yeah, one other thing about him. He's a clown. He's a weirdo. But one thing he's not, he's a racist. He is not a racist. He treats everybody the way he sees them. And that is one thing that is that I do trust about him. He might be I a clown, too. but everybody knows he's a clown. And he's not doing anything nope. about the color of anybody's skin. Agreed. 100% correct. Is what I think. Very and true. his political views, I don't even know what they are. But that's one thing I've known about him. He's always been his own person, which yep. I've always, at very least, respected about him. 100%. Totally agree with you. Hey, buddy, you have a good night, and um, I'm sure I'll be talking to you later this week. Absolutely, Grant. And I can't wait to hear more about the details of the yep. event. And, man, alive, I'm going to try and try and be there or change my, my uh, trip. But either way, I'll be there. Sounds good, buddy. You take care. All right, Grant, you too. Excellent show today. Love the phone calls. Love the direction that we went. Uh, we'll do it tomorrow. And then once football starts, I'm going to switch the time of this show to 4 o'clock Pacific. And the reason for that is on Mondays and Thursdays, I want to lead up to pretty much kickoff. So. I mean, if I'm traveling, if I have a conflict, I could change the time every now and then. But for the most part, once we get to past Labor Day weekend, I'm going to I'm going to go to four o'clock instead of three o'clock. So keep that in your mind. But, you know, we'll we'll make changes when we have to. But just wanted to put that out there. All right. Have yourself a fabulous evening. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Three o'clock Pacific right here on Listen Up. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.